pads went on at practice and immediately we saw some scrums break out of practice croc there firsthand to give us the report of what he saw with some uh some fighting going on and i think quarterbacks having another day but some standout defenders as well on today's episode of locked on 49ers you are locked on 49ers your daily san francisco 49ers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on all the socials. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Big ups to all the everydayers out there, and you can be an everydayer. Hang out with us. We're doing it every day. You might as well be here with us on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Croc, it was, uh, you and I were there Sunday. You were back again Monday. I wasn't able to make it to training camp practice but the pads went on which is a big practice to see and so we got to see a little bit more one-on-ones right and you got to see some more hitting and some contact and usually when there's more contact that means there's going to be some guys that get mad about that contact a little bit and you just get to see those competitive juices flowing a little bit more and it kind of helps in evaluation so i'm excited to see some of those padded practice uh coming up soon your big takeaways from monday's practice and, and who was involved with all the fighting that was going on so I think we got to start with the fights. And you do expect those once the pads come on. There were a couple of big hits, but when the actual fight broke out, first of all, especially from where I was sitting, you could not tell who started it, you know, how it began, who was all involved, uh, because it was a big scrum. And it looked like a, you know, I compared it to like just a brawl, like a big street brawl. You just see guys flying in from so all angles. involved. You know, one guy gets up. You see a guy whose helmet ripped off. I think that was T. Martin. So guys were getting after it a little bit. And I and Kyle Shanahan blew the whistle, got everybody together. I mean, everyone, every coach, every player probably, you know, has some things to say about the way practice was, was going. And let's get it right. And I would say maybe two, three plays later, I mean, I think it was Dre Greenlaw. Just leveled Elijah Mitchell. I mean, ear hold him. Like he had the ball, he's running through and just boom. And I thought, okay, another fight's gonna break out. But nope, they did a good job of keeping business business and kept it moving. If I had to guess that it would be Greenlaw and Juwan Jennings that would have been involved in most of them. And I heard Jennings was involved in a couple of those, maybe. Yeah, he's got that kind of tenacity to him. We see how he kind of how he blocks, how he takes pride in that, and being that aggressive, you know, even during practice as well. You'd expect him to potentially be involved in some scrubs. Absolutely. Um, I, w- one of the reports I heard from Camp Croc, and I don't know what your angle was of this play, but Brock Purdy on one of his dropbacks got his arm hit, his surgically repaired arm, and that's how his arm got hurt in the first place. You're not supposed to be touching the quarterbacks. Uh, uh, I don't know who it was, if you saw who it was that hit his arm, but uh, unless it's Nick Bosa, who's not at practice, that's grounds for like immediate termination from the football team. Yeah, and even if it was Nick Bosa, I think at this point he might have gotten in trouble as well, you know, because of everything they've had to go through with the elbow of Brock Purdy. But, you know, I saw a guy kind of beat a guy off the edge. He was in the pocket. He had a nice deep drop. First of all, let's, let's set up the scenario. It was a move the ball period. It was a fourth and two. And I'm looking like, are they going to throw it? He was under center. Are they going to do a play action? Well, they did a play action. He had a deep drop back and had an edge rusher come off the edge. I believe it was Cleveland Farrell. And 
my view kind of got blocked a little bit from where I was uh, sitting or standing. And I could not tell if he threw the ball forward and just into the ground or maybe if it got batted down at the line of scrimmage. But obviously later you see some of the beat reporters, uh, you know, put out there that his arm was indeed hit. And, I mean, I've seen guys get kicked off the field. I've seen guys get cussed out for just touching the quarterback, let alone, you know, hitting his throwing arm when he's going to throw the ball, let alone a guy that's coming back off of the surgery that – Brock Purdy had, and that was how he got hurt in the game. So uh, definitely a boneheaded play by the edge rusher, who I believe it was Farrell, but I don't want to be yeah, wrong I about that. I report that it was Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, but you, you have to definitely practice much smarter than that. There, there's been – if you watch around the NFL right now, right, like, you know, you see these highlight throws and they get all excited about this quarterback, like, oh, yeah, look at this throw down the field, big game. He's going to be – go get him in fantasy. And I'm looking at him like – uh, no, that safety would have intercepted the ball, but he's practicing smart. He's easing up. Let me lay off of this guy. The coach knows I'm there. I know I'm there. The receiver knows I'm there. The offense, they can celebrate if they want or fans can get excited about it, but it's all about practicing smart. So you you got to know, hey, I beat this guy around the edge. You don't have to try to poke the ball out, Farrell. Like, they, they know you're there. You're, you're good. Are you talking about the Jackson Smith and Jigba one-handed catch between two defenders that probably would have both lit him up if it was a real game? Man, there was that one. There was a, a Bryce Young one. Uh, there, there's been a few of them floating around where it's like it's very clear the player is easing up, and uh, e- even sometimes when they're in the area, you'll see them kind of put their arms up like like this to yeah. where you know I can contest this. Maybe you catch it, maybe you don't. But like I'm going to play this smart, and I know I was there. I was in position to make a play. Did. I, I would. I feel like that would have sparked one of the fights. Did, did the teammate? Did, do we? Do we have to look into this and go conspiracy theory and say, "Oh man, Brock Purdy doesn't have the locker room because they didn't fight for him when he got hit during practice." They did not. Matter of fact, I want to say Drake Jackson just fell on the ball and, and recovered it, and uh, and then Trey Lance took the field and he did his thing and then moved the ball. Period. And was that after? Maybe that's because it was after the other fights. Or was that earlier on before the fight? No. Maybe they it, were afraid to start fighting again. It was the last few minutes of practice. Okay. Towards the end of practice then. Um, when it comes to Brock Purdy, uh, this is the first time you've seen him this year since last training camp. Did you see a different Brock Purdy than last training camp? What were your thoughts of Purdy in, their, uh, in his first eyewitness practice for you this training camp? I think now, you know, obviously viewing Purdy through a different lens than – Last July and August, you know, he's the guy now where before he was, I don't want to say an afterthought, but you weren't paying attention to everything that he was doing. You know, how's he going through his reads? How's the ball coming out of his hands? You just know he's the third string quarterback. He's getting third string snaps, uh, treating him almost like Brandon Allen. And all right, when he's done, okay, okay, I need to see Trey Lance. Does, you know, does he get more consistent or okay, like Nate Sutfield, what does it look like? So this year, paying more attention to him, obviously he's coming off of an injury. There were some things that were kind of notable. All right. Again, he's the expectations are different. Now, I do want to preference this by saying Brock Purdy is still recovering from an injury. He has not thrown two receivers in, in I don't know how long. And he's really only had a couple of practices uh, prior to, you know, having the practices the other day. Right. So, uh, rest, I think, is something fair. And you'll hear people say, well, how long are we going to use the rest excuse? for some of the things that's going on with Purdy. Now, I am going to be a little critical because I believe that the way 
things are being reported and covered for certain quarterbacks is a little different when it comes to him. And I think he gets a little bit more leeway because, hey, forget practice. We saw him perform very well during the regular season. And if that's your angle, I understand it. But there were some things to be, I don't want to say concerned with, but if we're going to point out, oh, man, you know, which we did. Trey Lance, he rolled out, threw a bad ball to Debo Samuel. I said, hey, that's a throw you got to have on the bootleg. And talked about Trey Lance after practice, you know, working on those things. Cool. Brock Purdy had three very ugly throws. Very ugly. One was a go route to Brandon Ayuk, which was really exciting to see them just pull the trigger, throw the ball down the field because the 49ers, they've just been reluctant to really just let it rip down the field. Brandon Ayuk beat Diamondo Lenore by five, six yards. I mean, just runs right by him. All you have to do is just throw it out there. So it was severely underthrown by five, six, seven yards or so from where he needed to throw that. It should have been a walk-in touchdown. Now, there were a couple other throws, and I'm going to get to the positives as well because there were some. He one-hopped an out route to a tight end. Uh, it might have been Charlie Warner. It might have been George Kittle. But, I mean, just literally one-hopped it to where I looked next to, uh, to the person next to me and said, was, was that ball tipped at the line of scrimmage? But it wasn't tipped. It was clean. It just one-hopped it. Mm-hmm. In the very next play, so they must have came back to it, throwing that same area. He just does not see Dre Greenlaw. Interception. I mean, just hits him right in the chest. Uh, outside of that, especially if you look at numbers, and this is why we talk about the practice numbers. They really don't tell the story. You look at it, and I've seen different reports of his stats. I don't pay attention to just the numbers when I'm watching. I go more off of just noting what's going on in the field. I think I saw that he completed 10 out of 14 passes along those lines. I would say three for sure, maybe four of them were plays where he was sacked and then just dumped the ball off to, uh, you know, a check down, like somebody mm-hmm. in the flat, like not passes that travel past the line of scrimmage. So uh, there were some good. He completed a really nice seam pass to Christian McCaffrey. Could not tell which linebacker was covering Christian McCaffrey, but he was not close. I mean, Christian McCaffrey just dogged him, beat him by about five yards or so. And, Brock Purdy did a really good job putting it out there, put it on him, and boom. All right, look, nobody's going to touch him. That would have been a 60, 65-yard touchdown, whatever it is. Uh, he had this really nice throw against the blitz off the left side of the offensive line where he's kind of drifting back and throws kind of off his back leg into an area. And I was like, is he throwing the ball away? Nope, throws it right, very accurate to the sideline to Debo Samuel. I thought that was really good. And uh, later in practice, he had a nice bootleg on the move in the move the ball period where he hit a receiver, uh, you know, for a nice gain as well. So uh, there were some good, but when you look at the numbers, there's it's, 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 a little, it's a little inflated by plays where I felt like, I mean, we're talking about three or four plays that I feel like were sacks and it was just check downs. And early in practice, there were a lot of check downs where I'm like, man, there was only one pass completed past, you know, the line of scrimmage and it was by Trey Lance. Yeah, that's how they had they kind of started yesterday's practice as well. Okay, more on Brock Purdy, especially the other quarterbacks. How did everybody look at a couple of defenders that are standing out at practice so far, uh, especially with those pads on? Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by eBay Motors, and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long, whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed fits for your roster. So with draft, draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for eBay's guaranteed fit. 
fantasy picks of the week. And how about Jameer Gibbs? Is he the next Christian McCaffrey? If you're looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top dozen, half dozen or so picks at the position, uh, how about Lions rookie Jameer Gibbs? Maybe he has that rowing engine that uh, can lead you and has a leading role uh, in an overhauled backfield there, and, and especially in those PPR leagues. The real first-round pick is a steal of uh, running back two, possessing the talent and pedigree to deliver big, immediate results in a loaded offense. Uh, Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit and uh, the same with your vehicle, right? Because with eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories at your fingertips, you can be sure that your ride stays running smoothly. I picked up myself a Fender Flare for my car. It was super easy to pick out. I had the green check, so I knew it was right at eBay Motors. You find air filters, brakes, taillights, you name it. eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away for the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle. Just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. So the uh, the completion numbers were pretty good. I think the quarterback's like 80% today uh, looking at the various numbers. I know, Croc, you weren't really paying attention to what the box score is at practice, and I love the context there of, of how Brock Purdy looked in practice. What about the other three quarterbacks at practice? One of my big questions is, once there's four guys practicing at quarterback, was there enough reps to go around? Well, actually, there was today, and I was surprised by that. You know, we talked about the other day where I think Trey Lance had five passing attempts, and Sam Darnold the same, five passing attempts, where, you know, right now it sounds like there's a, a battle for a QB2 spot, and how are these guys supposed to really battle with each other when it's tough to get into a groove? And maybe Kyle's like, you know what, no, we're just factoring more preseason. Right now, get your reps, whatever, but I'm not going to take much out of that. I want to see what you do in actual live action or competing next week against the L.A. Raiders. Maybe he, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe he factors uh, that more into the competition. But today, a lot of reps to go around. I would say that Allen kind of took the biggest hit where he didn't have many attempts. I want to say he what, threw four passes or so. So he kind of took a hit there. But as far as the other guys, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, and obviously, you know, Brock Purdy, he's going to get all the first team reps. I thought there were plenty of reps to go around. How they look? Uh, yesterday when we were there, it was a clear win, I think, for Sam Darnold. Did Trey Lance fire back on Monday? Yeah, he did. And I would say that that's a positive for Trey Lance, just kind of stacking practices together. You know, we preferenced that uh, the other day. Trey Lance practiced well. Yeah, he was good. Sam Darnold just practiced better, right? Yeah. And just practice, it's just one day. Follow that up. Monday, Trey Lance practiced very well. Sam Darnold practiced good too, just not as good as Trey Lance. And Trey Lance was on, uh, again, nothing, I don't have anything bad to say about uh, Sam Darnold's day. I thought he, you know, did some of the same things, didn't have the the bigger explosive passes that we saw um, a day ago, did hit on one of those in breaking routes and did some other good things as well. I thought he was uh, still efficient. Uh, maybe one or two passes hit the ground from Sam Darnold today. You know, he, he he was on it, still did some things on the move as well. 
But Trey Lance had the best day out of the guys. Early on in practice, I felt like a, a lot of guys were checking down or maybe a little bit more like kind of gun shy for whatever reason. Maybe the coverage dictated that. And it's like, hey, I, I have to check it down. But he was definitely more aggressive than the other guys. And, I mean, that dig where I said, hey, man, we're going to give the edge to Sam Darnold today because he's hitting the staples in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Trey Lance did all that today. And we're talking about powerful throws with zip, uh, you know, 15 to 20 yards down the field, you know, throwing to Ray Ray McLeod, throwing to uh, Conley. You know, he did have one, maybe two checkdowns to the running backs, and one was a potential sack. But overall, he threw the ball extremely well to all levels of the field. And there was a low throw down the field where a lot of times, you know, oh, a guy has to go down and get it. Oh, man, that's not a very accurate throw. No, he threw it low and away from the defender, the only place that the receiver could catch the ball. And McLeod went down and got it. And that was in the move the ball drill. It was third and 10. And then they, like, manufactured a penalty. You know, they'll do that sometimes. Like, oh, let's throw a flag. Oh, got to move it back five yards. I'm like, man, why did they put them in the third and 15 situation? And he threw the ball. It was about 14 yards in the air, but it was low on the way, the only place he could complete the ball. And it was one yard short of the first down. They went and kicked the field goal. Uh, the field goal was good, so he did get points in that period. But overall, I was pleasantly surprised by really kind of how he looked yesterday and then how he looked today and stacking the practices together. Now, there are some people that want this to be some kind of quarterback controversy between QB1 and the rest of the guys. I haven't gotten that vibe. Everything that Kyle Shanahan has said and all of his actions show that Brock Purdy is the guy. And I don't know if Brock Purdy throwing, you know, multiple interceptions in practice or missing throws or whatever is going to outweigh, again, what he did in the regular season. So I wouldn't go that far. But as it pertains to the quarterback two battle and what that looks like, I don't know who's ahead because – and not because, oh, man, you know, Sam Darnold, he's this bad quarterback, or Trey Lance, he's struggling. He's They both have just looked good. And I know there was a, a couple down days last year. I mean, last week, excuse me. There's been a lot more positive days and a lot more uh, from both of the guys. So Sam Darnold, he's been very consistent, maybe a little bit more consistent than Trey, maybe. But when the pads came on and you wanted to see what that looked like, Trey Lance was the one that stood out. And I want to continue to say, like, all the things that you want to see from him when you drafted him, it feels like he's starting to put that together. Now, don't have that random miss. And he didn't have it today. But can you continue to do what you did today? Because if so, it's hard to say, like, oh, man, this is not the most talented or best quarterback on the roster. Now you got to translate to wins on the actual field. But I think it puts the 49ers in a really good spot to either, hey, man, we have a, a, a good high-end backup, or maybe we can trade him and get something for him if he continues to do this in – training camp and I or preseason and I know a lot of people are going to say stop with the trade talk if you like Sam Darnold which I think they do and he looks good you know I, I think you you're okay with one of those guys kind of leaving or let another team dictate who they're willing to pay for if they like Darnold more you trade Darnold if they like Lance more you trade Lance if you're able to get something for him knowing that you're cool with Brandon Allen being right. the number three guy and and John Lynch you know, we, you kind of knew it was the case, but John Lynch said today to reporters, "Was like, yeah, you're not going to really keep four guys on the roster. Now we could have four when you count the practice squad. Does somebody get back to the practice squad of those guys? No. Probably. I, I think 
I think the 49er fans are, you know, they're a little like, man, like look what happened last year. Like you can't have enough quarterbacks. Yeah. And I understand it, but from a business standpoint and the three value, guys. you're not going to carry more than three guys. It's just not. Well, not only are you not going to carry more than three guys, you typically don't want to get to the third guy. And you can say, man, I like Brock Purdy. I like Trey Lance. I like Sam Darnold. But it's kind of bad business kind of to keep all three, especially if right. you have Trey Lance, who's has a, what, nine or $10 million cap hit as your QB2, if you can get if rid of him. Now, let's say if you can't trade him because, oh, man, he just lays an egg in the preseason games, doesn't look good, there's no market or value for him at all, then that's understandable. Keep him. But if he's doing very well and you are like, nope, no matter what, sticking with Brock Purdy, you might want to try to get something for Lance while the value is high, especially if you're not thinking at all about picking up his fifth year option. I mean, it just to me, from a business standpoint, it just doesn't make much sense. It doesn't make sense at all to keep Trey Lance if he's the number three in and if and if, but what about if he's the number, two? number three doesn't really make much sense there either. Right. Well, what about if? Lance is number two. If Lance is number two, yeah, because then you're one play away from from getting to play. And and for Lance himself, he would. I, if I was Lance's agent, I would ask for a trade immediately if he's number three on the depth chart. Well, yeah, but I, I just keep looking at man, you know, nine ten million dollar backup with like limited experience and like, can I try to get something back for all the value, all the all the all the, all the capital that right. I put into him? Recoup some picks, and Darnold's cheaper to keep than Lance is. Donald's cheaper, and I like Donald. Right. Now, again, I'm speaking if I'm John Lynch, if I'm Kyle Shanahan. I know the fans are going to say, no, I don't want Sam Donald anywhere near this team. I do not want Sam Donald to play. All I can go off of is what I've seen in practice so far as far as like what Sam Donald looks like in this situation, and it has not looked bad. <laughs> yeah. it, it, Sam Donald's a perfect backup. He's, he's more veteran. He's played a lot of games. And you're still hoping that your number two guy doesn't have to play either, right? That's why he's the backup. So Sam right. Darnold's the backup is a very different idea than Sam Darnold's starting a lot of games for you this year. But right. that potentially could be a guy that starts a lot of games for you this year. We've seen it recently with the 49ers. But now I know there's, you know, a lot of people, they, they want Trey Lance to start. Now, now, again, if you're telling me Trey Lance is going to start, then, okay, that's a different conversation. But if you're telling me, well, ah, he's just going to be a backup, and we actually really like Sam Darnold just as much as we like him, then – to me, it makes more sense to see, like, is there a market? Is there a trade value for him? And if so, we might need to explore that. Some defenders that stood out at training camp with the pads on next. Thanks, everybody, once again for making Peacock and Williamson, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Make sure you check out Peacock. And, I just recorded some Peacock and Williamson podcasts earlier. Uh, make sure you check out Peacock and Williamson right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Myself and former Scott Matt Williamson breaking down the entire NFL daily and subscribe up on Locked On 49ers YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, one more quick question about the quarterbacks, not so much how they played, but did they did the 49ers just throw the ball a bunch at practice today? And we might see them run the ball more on another day. How did they get so many reps and so many pass attempts for these quarterbacks? It felt like they went longer in like team periods. And then everything was all team. We're, we're talking about 11 on 11. There, there was no 7 on 7 out there. So it was all team periods, but it just felt like they just went longer or, or did more. I feels like practice ended at the same time as it usually does, but they were able to get a lot more reps in for the quarterbacks. Was there clear? Because yesterday at practice with you see 
Trey Lance hit a deep ball to George Kittle. You know, nice deep throw. He's got plenty of arms. The zip on some of those dig routes from Lance and Sam Darnold. You know, clearly they have they have arm talent. Then you see Brandon Allen try to throw one deep, and the ball hangs up in the air. And there's the reports of the 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 throw you just mentioned earlier of uh, one of Brock Purdy's balls hanging up in the air a little bit. Is it a stark contrast when you watch Brock Purdy throw, then you watch Lance and Darnold throw with just how much zip and how much arm talent those guys have? I would say that those guys were number three overall picks for a reason. Mm-hmm. So from a talent standpoint, like they don't lack that. So when they do put it together, in, even if, hey man, it's inconsistent, but when you see them put it together and it looks good, it will just look different than right. Brock Purdy. And that's, at the end, of the day, that doesn't matter, right? Like we saw Brock Purdy in games and he won. So that's the only thing that really matters more so than how a ball looks like coming out of a guy's hands. But yes, when they're just out there, Brock Purdy looks small compared to Sam Donald and Trey Lance. And his, he doesn't look to have the same caliber of arm. But again, we saw in games, he was clearly, out of those three guys uh, with the games that they have, like obviously a much bigger sample size with Sam Donald, but right. he, you know, Brock Purdy has been the most consistent without having the physical talents of those other guys. Yep. Timing, accuracy, get the ball where it needs to go and ability to make the throws that you need and right. you know, maybe not as much wow stuff. Croc, uh, with the pads on, that means one-on-ones, which are usually a lot of fun at training camp practices. So uh, who are the standouts there for you with pads on today? Man, you know, I was focused on a lot of the wide receivers, defensive backs, but, you know, I kind of look over to my right and see Javon Kinlaw just destroying guys. I I would say that he won every one-on-one rep that he had, and there were like five or six of them. He just destroyed guys. So I'm um, obviously like that's something good for the 49ers. You know, we've talked about him almost as, you know, almost like kind of like Trey Lance, right? Where it's kind of like the yeah. guy you don't have these high expectations for. And, you know, okay, if you get something great out of it, awesome. But not you don't really have that type of expectation. And, you know, to see him taking steps in the right direction, that's awesome. You know, being able to push piles and just really destroying guys, pushing guys on their backs. Can he do it in team? Can he do that? in preseason games and that's what's going to matter because if it does then obviously we feel like hey man 49ers have a good defensive line with Nick Bosa with Eric Armstead with uh Javon Hargraves who they just recently signed and then you know uh I'll talk about Drake Jackson in a minute but man you throw Kinlaw in there where it's like the best version of Kinlaw that's when oh we really have something with these interior guys is he even more lean than last camp? Because he came in pretty darn lean, I think under 300 pounds last year. And it was like, dang, okay, he's been putting in some work, had flashes in training camp, everyone gets excited, and then the knee you know, does what it does, and then you see the consistency problems once, once games start. So I don't want to get too excited about Kinlaw, but is he looking even leaner than he did last year? I would say about the same. Okay. Looks good. He actually, like, he's doing walkthrough with, like, shades on. At least that's what it looked like from where I was walking. I'm like, does he have shades on? <laughs> so he must be feeling himself. He must be feeling really good right now. I like it. And so, uh, and and I mean, Javon Kinlaw and Drake Jackson, we talked about this. They are maybe the two biggest keys of the 49ers defensive line for that depth. And the guy that starts opposite of Nick Bosa and everybody wants, and including the team, Dre Jackson to win that job. It was maybe one of the best plays of practice on Sunday when he's carrying Elijah Mitchell down the field and gets a little PBU. 
I don't know why he was covering a running back that far down the field, even if it was a zone blitz, as people were, were telling me on uh, on Twitter when I asked that question. I was like, well, I don't think he was playing the deep third in the zone blitz, right? So, um, but, you know, it showed the athleticism that he has, carrying up Elijah Mitchell ran dang 4-3, right, at, the, at his pro day or at the combine or wherever it was, and, and Jackson was with him, and Jackson's a big dude. There was no place, and it was actually not a bad throw from – Trey Lance tried to get it over his shoulder to the to the receiver and it hit uh, hit Drake Jackson in the back. But it uh, sounds like Jackson had another good day Monday. I I kind of preface that throw by saying if if Drake Jackson was not there, then Trey Lance would have hit Elijah Mitchell in stride. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, Drake Jackson five, was there. It was a five ten DB instead of a six two defensive end. Right. You know, unfortunately, Drake Jackson was there and he kind of like swallowed Elijah Mitchell. Like, yeah. I would assume from the quarterback's uh, perspective, like I can't even see Elijah Mitchell. So maybe I should just throw it somewhere else. I know but, there, but you have to get that up and over, you know, like uh, over up and over Drake Jackson to yeah. complete that. It need to be like a, a special throw more so than just a good throw that's on target. Uh, but, yeah, that was great. Just watching Drake Jackson be able to run vertically with a running back and then follow that up with today being virtually unblockable. Now, there was no Trent Williams out there. So, you know, you weren't going up against the big dog. But, uh, you know, just with the reps given in team, I thought more times than not, just that group in general kind of pushed the pocket a little bit. And I talked about Brock Purdy and some of his, quote-unquote, struggles, right, with, with the sacks and whatnot. I mean, I counted three, maybe four of them uh, over all the team periods, and he had a lot of dropbacks. But – you know, who's bringing that pressure? I mean, it's that first group defensive line with Drake Jackson. Obviously, no Nick Bosa out there right now, but Drake Jackson definitely taking a step in the right direction. That was a big question mark. That was a big question mark with, you know, the the edge opposite Nick Bosa. Is right. it going to be Drake Jackson? Is it going to be Cleveland Farrell? Is it going to be uh, Bryant that just came over from Detroit Lions? But right now, we figure Drake Jackson will get the first crack at it. And right now, it, sound, it looks like he's probably not disappointing even with the interior guys and maybe it's a blessing somewhat because you know, like trent williams uh chris mccaffrey guys getting a bunch of days off and trent williams didn't practice yesterday either i don't think so you know nick bosa not getting a bunch of reps in training camps probably not a big deal at all and maybe even beneficial to make sure you know he's gonna he's gonna come in in awesome shape right but developing the rest of that group, I don't like Cleveland Farrell hitting the arm of Brock Purdy, but the fact that he got there before the ball was out is a good sign, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Drake Jackson, we're hearing great reports from Kinlaw. We know exactly what Eric Armstead is going to be. And then uh, Javon Hargrave is, is a beast on the inside. Getting pressure and winning on the defensive line without Nick Bosa, I think is a really good sign for the 49ers. That's a terrific sign. And, and that's what you want, right? Because with Nick Bosa, you're going to force guys to have one-on-one battles. He's going to get doubled. Matter of fact, I mean, they'll chip him on the play and then double him and then maybe bring a third guy if they can as well. So with everyone else on the defensive line, just when you're one-on-one battles, and if you're having a guy like Drake Jackson come in when his one-on-one battles, that's going to be key because that's going to help Armstead and kind of free him up. And we saw the one time where Nick Bosa was getting a lot of attention, but you had DeForest Buckner and then you had D Ford. Who is the biggest beneficiary of all of that? It was Eric Armstead. Mm-hmm. And he had a double-digit sack season. So, uh, you know, how much attention can, can the other guys draw to free up an Eric Armstead, who is a really good defensive lineman, maybe not a explosive pass rusher, but definitely can be productive if in the right situation, which it feels like this is trending towards that. 
you don't want to see the offensive line losing a lot either, though. So we're going to have more eyes on the lines, especially now that pads are on. You can kind of evaluate the offensive line and the defensive line, and you can evaluate the, the linebackers and the running backs a little bit more, and it's not just passing camp at 49ers training camp. So it's going to be a lot of fun as training camp gets going. We're going to have some uh, some joint practices with the Raiders, and then before you know it, some preseason games as well. Croc and I will have you covered every step of the way. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers, your first listen. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Croc and I back tomorrow. Talking quarterback tiers in the NFL and a little winky Wednesday right here. Locked On 49ers.